Hi everyone. Hi there. This is Holly. And Daniel. And you are listening to Halfway Saints. Yes, yes. And Holly is still pregnant. Yep. We are still in there. We are waiting this baby any day. As of as of Friday, September twenty eighth. Who knows? Maybe by the time they listen to it, you'll have had the baby. Wouldn't that be great? If by tomorrow morning... <laughs> well, someone could also listen to it a week from now. Oh, that's true. I'm sure a lot of people are going to listen to it by the time we had the no. baby then. So if this kind of ends abruptly, it's because Holly <laughs> went into labor and we're having the baby. So currently I'm three days overdue, mm-hmm. which is nothing which is new. Fine. If it was fine. If it was ground beef, we'd still cook it. If it was three days over the due date... <laughs> okay, we'd smell it. So <laughs> it'd be a little stinky, okay. but we could still cook it. Um, but... Jack and Blaze were both very, very late, so yeah. this is nothing new, and we don't have high hopes for me to go into <laughs> labor anytime soon. Though I have had some some contractions. Mm-hmm. T- I have too. We've <laughs> both been feeling contractions. But um, yeah, so we're just waiting around. There is there is an end in sight. Oh yeah, yeah. I'll be induced on Tuesday. You're right. October second. At your induction ceremony. <laughs> How long have you been waiting to do that one? Oh, a long time. <laughs> Over 40 weeks. <laughs> That's what they should call it. They should call it. You, you should get, block like, a diploma. In. Yeah. yeah. Everyone or, uh, should be ready for you and, like, mm-hmm. you know, beaming with smiles yeah. whenever you walk through the hall. And you get, like, an assortment of, like, off-brand Oreos and sandwich cookies afterward. Oh I'm telling you, last week when I brought the van in for the oil change, uh-huh. getting that pack of mini Oreos secret i got two (laughs) (laughs) it was they were so good that's that's the only thing holly um is not always truthful about is her snack intake (laughs) it's true i i do lie about it i know i'm sorry but um yeah we're feeling good uh just i feel like i was just um i just sent a message to katie about this but i feel like i'm I'm ready for a third baby, but I just don't know if I'm like, I don't know. Well, you better get ready. <laughs> it's coming soon. I feel like my mind hasn't totally wrapped my, like itself around yeah. it. So I feel this like weird unpreparedness, but also like I've done this two yeah. times already. You'll so. have you'll have like ten to twelve hours of labor to prepare for it, so don't <laughs> worry. You'll be ready. I know, but we need to like put together the swing because I forgot I we got like new you. stuff, so we have to. I know I told you told you. me. We got to do That's this my plan stuff. tomorrow. All right. But don't <laughs> so you go in labor. You cross your legs. <laughs> oh, <geez>. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, so we're we're good. We're yeah, I think we're prepared. We're yeah, we'll be fine. Right. It's one of those things where you just gotta you know, you don't write a paper till the last minute. And then it's a good paper and you get a B minus and it's fine. Only takes and then a it's mi- Christmas break. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Only takes a minute if you wait till the last minute. See? I also have been thinking of because Daniel has a very generous paternity leave, mm-hmm. and I've just begun think been thinking that we're gonna have this like vacation <laughs> that's gonna be like so great. I'm gonna sleep all the time. I'm like, no, it's a newborn, so they're not gonna sleep all the time. Right, but but they do. Um, I'll have time off so I can entertain the older boys, and you can you will have time to yourself more so than past. Before, yeah, yeah, in the past. So. I am really looking forward to that. Uh, and all the about. meals. All the meals. <laughs> That's the best part. I know. Hope well. People bring us meals. I hope so. They better. <laughs> We're having this baby. 
<laughs> no, that's one of the best things. I don't know. I mean, I assume that everyone else says this what? around the country. Like that commu- communities of friends bring each other. Yeah, meals. it's a thing. It's a yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a great. And you get to try out new recipes. Mm-hmm. Some of them are really, really good. They are. And if they're not really, really good, they're like just, free. They're so. <laughs> no, but they're still good. Oh, they're still good. Yeah. They're not just like mind blowing good. Food tastes much better when you don't have to make it yourself. I found. Like t- ten times better. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> um, uh, so that's where our minds at. <laughs> mm-hmm, obviously. I know, and we. I think we mentioned a while ago how we had one project each weekend until the baby comes. I think we did that two. We weekends. did it two weekends. <laughs> We just we did everything. We ran out of projects. <laughs> no, but and we have other stuff going on too. Yeah, I've been super busy. Oh yeah, like, you I, were. I feel like every podcast, honest, I'm like, yeah, I'm super busy. With but work. it was like up until a week ago, two weeks ago, you were yeah. like every spare moment you were doing work. Yep, it was a tough time. And now you're bored. So <laughs> great plan. <laughs> no, I am not bored. I know. I did. I know. I did lots of good work today. And I've hired somebody to take after me when I'm on maternity leave. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like, oh, it's laughable because I have such a small little business. But this girl's going to help me. Yeah, so that's so awesome. there you go. Yeah. Um, and the boys are doing great. Jack's back at school. Mm-hmm. Blaze has been loving his time with me in the mornings. And I'm like, I was at the beginning of school. I was like, oh, yeah, this is going to be so great. Trips to the post office are so easy with just one. All this stuff was just one is so easy. And I was like, oh, I'm going to have another baby soon. Right. <laughs> this is only going to last literally two weeks. No, it's been it's been a month. Yeah. He's had a good chunk of time. Yeah, it's yeah. been like three weeks. Three or four weeks. I don't even know what day it is. Uh, it's, it's, today's Friday. Okay. I had to keep reminding myself that today was like the start of the weekend. Right. Because I'm like really confused at what, I don't, what year it is. <laughs> what's going on in life right now. But um, anyway, so it's been a while since we've podcasted um, and we've we were we wanted to podcast sooner. Um, you know, I think everyone's aware of kind of what's going on in the church and, you know, there's more than one scandal afoot um, and different things going on. It's a really trying time for the church. Um, and for a while, I think we just weren't really up to podcasting like we didn't really I don't know. Know what to say? Yeah, like I didn't feel like to... we felt. I didn't feel like. I don't think that we felt like we had a, a voice in the matter. Like, what are we going to say that someone else isn't going to say? Or like. Yeah, but also we didn't want to do like a silly podcast like during a, a ser- yeah, yeah during, during a serious, serious time. time. Um, totally. But yeah, so we were kind of have been thinking about it the past few weeks, and um, and this is also in part because the last two we did were kind of our stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we kind of, in doing that, realized, or at least with mine, at least, I didn't really say much of what, I, I explained sort of how I became Catholic, or how, you know, my story and how I came back to the church, but not necessarily the why behind it, or kind of what was going through my mind. Um, so partly from that, but, and also from just talking to each other of kind of what can we say at this, you know, point in time in the church. Um, so we what we decided to do was focus on why we're Catholic. Um, and there've been a lot of articles and people kind of saying why, basically why we were sticking with the church. Um, so we didn't exactly want to do that, but we just wanted to talk about some of the really beautiful things within the church that we, that have attracted us and continue to kind of captivate us and, um, 
help to keep us anchored within the church. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think that we even said that we wanted to do a Why I'm Catholic podcast before right. any of the scandals, but then once they came up, we were like, "This is a yeah. this is an appropriate time to mm-hmm. do." So we're happy to be able to share this, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's a it is a hard time for the church, but I've I haven't lost any like. I still, my mass experience is still very mm-hmm. much the same. Um, and I still see so much beauty in my, like, in my uh, personal experience with the church. Right. Not to say that that hasn't been, like, shadowed by the news of what's happening, but just that um, I've been thankful that, like, my experience with the mass hasn't changed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Your, sure. your sort of, you know, relationship with Jesus and with the church has not has not changed. Has not changed. Because these things do not reflect right. Jesus or the church. Right. You know. That's true. It reflects against those things. Mm-hmm. I think for me it's been, I don't know if edifying is the right word, but I think a lot of the, you know, for a while bishops have been saying, like, things that don't sound very Catholic or they've been saying, like, very silly things. And for a while it was just like, oh, I don't know how I feel, like, to me, it was like they should not be saying that, or like that's not really a great thing for a bishop to be saying. But before it was, it just it seemed not innocent, but like oh well, what does that matter? But now that the the wider Catholic world and like sort of the wider church realizes like no, there's a real issue here. It's almost edifying to like say yeah, bishops can have serious faults and can make really bad mistakes and can be sinful, very sinful people. Mm-hmm. And it's just been kind of like, it's, it's been, now it's kind of okay to like think that, you know? Yeah. Whereas before it's like, am I just being, you know, nitpicky? Like, oh, they just, they phrased it weird. But now it's like, okay, maybe there's something else going on where people who empower in the church maybe aren't the right people to be in power mm-hmm. or they, you know, there's a serious issue with what they're doing. So for whatever reason, that's made me feel kind of, I don't know, no, I more comfortable. That. Yeah, more comfortable in my dissatisfaction with other things. Yeah. I also felt more of a, like, I can't say this because I haven't acted on it, but, like, more of a call to hold our leaders to, like, a higher esteem. Right. And it was kind of similarly, like, I felt like it was on, like, lay people to be like, the lay people are the ones who are saying like, "Hey, let's. This is what the church needs to do." Mm-hmm. And now I feel like everyone's saying, "Yeah, really, it's the lay people who need to lead this." So it's, it's you know, we're. It's sort of validating something I'd been thinking of before. Yeah. And so it makes me feel a little bit about that, but overall makes me feel worse. I know what's going on. Right. Anywho, so yeah. yeah, so we each picked a couple of things that we love about the church, and we're just going to alternate. Yeah. Alternate words. So you start, and then we'll f- we'll make a sentence. I'm sorry, I didn't help you. Make <laughs> what? Did you want me to finish? No, the let's start now. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing no, it. No, you say one word, then I say one word. Okay. We are Catholic. <laughs> Perfect. Done. The end. No. Um, I think that you should go first. Okay, I will go first. Um, so one thing that. I don't, I don't know if I'd say this is, like, was something I picked up on from the very beginning of coming back into the church, but something I've certainly experienced as I've learned more about the church and early on when I was learning a lot about 
you know, what the church is, what the church taught, how it's structured. Um, but the, the way that things are interconnected um, really kind of speaks to me to, to the fact that the church is speaking the truth. Because um, I think if something is true, it's going to be true in all instances, you know. Yes. So the church says that the family is very important. Yes, the church says that, but you can also see that from another, like a number of different perspectives, like from a social perspective, from, you know, just um, a developmental perspective. Like, it's the truth. So no matter who's trying to ascertain the truth, that's going to be the result. Um, but I think in the church, it's been really cool to see, like, a truth that comes from a teaching on, like, one sacrament, like a teaching on the Eucharist when you dive into that and then you also see that like a teaching on marriage resonates the same truth like the fidelity of christ to the church is reflected in the fidelity between spouses and marriage um and sort of how baptism has a regenerative effect and when you go to confession you're tapping back into that regenerative um effect so just everything kind of everything is interconnected and if you dive like deeply enough into one truth you end up at these other things kind of like a, a wormhole <laughs> you know it's like a wormhole i remember sorry um, uh, go on w- wormhole pilots band name called it. <laughs> that is a really good one um he called it guys you yeah so no one it. else can t- and if it's already your band name it's too bad <laughs> Um, but I remember when I was like first coming into the church and like first diving into the theology that I kept coming back to like, the more I dig, the more life I see, like, mm. it's just like leads to life, leads to life, leads to life, leads to life. And like, that's what Jesus is. Jesus is life and, um, an abundant life. And so the more that you dig into the church's teachings and the more, um, the church's like relationship with God the more of life that you see where in a lot of, I talked a lot in my testimony or story. <laughs> <laughs> you can call it that. Holly and I went back and forth a lot on what to call those episodes. You could tell where Holly came down. <laughs> but I talked a lot about how I kept asking questions and that a lot of, uh, I wasn't getting answers from other places. But what I loved about the Catholic church was that when I would ask a question, I would get, just like so much life within it, within the answer that I could spend years unwrapping. But then when I was seeking them in other faiths or denominations or um, books or whatever, I would see, I would see, like I would follow the logic and then I would see death. I would see something that was selfish or something that was, um, uh, uh, what is it when you like a compromise? Mm. Um, and I did not like that. And so that's why I came to the church. Mm. But I just love that it was just like life, 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 life. Like I, I couldn't, I didn't see it anything else than that. So that was cool. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, and I think it's really, even in some of the, not, not darker parts, but even in some of the broken parts of the church, you can see this um, like dedication to the truth coming through. So like the only the first example I think of is when a when a man is ordained a priest they are like an ontological change takes place and they are forever made a priest of God, um, 
and nothing can take that away. So even when a priest is laicized and like taken out of the priestly state, he can still validly confect the sacraments. It's not licit, but it's valid because you cannot take that away no matter what. Wow. That's, you've told me that before, but it sometimes it hits me again. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, so I don't know if that, the one thing I'm not clear, I'm not like a sacramental theology scholar. So like with, um, with confession, I don't, I don't know if having faculties within a certain jurisdiction affects the validity of it, but like, um, yeah, sacraments can be, can be valid, but illicit. So they can be against like the rules of the church, but the church cannot, you know, make a validly ordained person not validly confect the sacraments. Yeah. It just... Cause it's, and it's the truth. It's that we don't, we can't kind of go back on it. You know, yeah. that's just the truth. So that's what it is. Um, and I also think it's cool that a lot of the like sort of, I, I say rules, but just cause I can't think of a better word, like the rules about the sacraments um, and you know, the canons on the sacraments when like someone's in fear of death, it's sort of like all bets are off. Mm-hmm. So like if someone, um, you know, doesn't, if it's not, it may not be licit for a priest somewhere to let, to absolve someone or to hear a confession, but if like it's under penalty of death, like you do it. Yeah. And it's like, we have, we have rules around the sacraments because we're, you know, they are like, um, a means of grace and they are tied to baptism. They are tied to unity within the church. So we, you know, in normal circumstances must do our best to kind of preserve those. But if, if it's sort of like an immediate problem or like death is imminent and this person, you know, may not get to experience heaven because of something, then it's like, well, we're gonna, we're just gonna go, you know, with the truth, you know, we're gonna get, we're gonna not err on the side of the caution, but I don't know. I just think that's really cool that if it's someone who's dying and they, you know, like a deathbed conversion, like you don't really need to go through all the processes. Mm -hmm. It's like this person wants to become Catholic. They want to see the Eucharist. We're going to do it because that's, you know, what the church provides for. Hmm. I just think that's really cool because it, you don't see, I mean, I don't know other church or like other churches, legal structures, but you don't Mm -hmm. see it. Like I've never heard of like a, a Protestant church that practices closed communion. Like, I don't know their rules on like, Oh, if someone's dying, you can, you know, Admit them to communion, you know. Yeah, I think it's just. A they may, there may there may be that way, but I think it's just something really cool about the church that mm-hmm. um, that this is the truth. So we're gonna act like it's the truth. Yep. Yeah, I love that. I did. I wanted to clarify. I kept saying that um, life and life and life and mm-hmm. life, but then Jesus also like died, and that a lot of thing. There's a um, another thing that we love about the Catholic faith is that like there's also uh the redemption of death mm-hmm. so i felt bad for saying that yeah yeah it's okay I, yeah <laughs> holly was trying me to get I, I was gonna bring that up later well i just wanted to clarify it okay. now and that oh, could okay. be a segue pre clarification yeah. but we're alternating so it's your turn oh we are okay remember we did the whole thing we said we said I, i'm telling you guys there's a lot of stuff <laughs> on. going on in my mind <laughs> Give us up. So last night we. Um, oh man! <laughs> no. I got to leave work a little early, so we. Um, where did we go? We went to we the do? doctor. We went to. Oh yeah, we had to go to Jack doc- Jack's doctor appointment. And afterward, uh, on the way home, I was like, "All right, 
Holly, drop us off at a playground, and then you can go home and make dinner, and I'll walk the boys home. Like, and then dinner will be ready when we get home, so you can eat, make it in peace, and we don't have you know, Doctor go crazy waiting. And so before we talked about our options, one was pasta, one was pizza. We talked about pasta, and I said, then Jack said he wanted pizza, and I said, okay, we're gonna do pizza. So we go to the playground. We're walking home. Kids are excited about pizza. I'm, we're sing, singing, singing a song about pizza. Um, and we. When we get home, and Holly's made pasta, <laughs> and Jack like lost, lost it. Yeah, he was so upset. I like, and one he like ran ahead up the sidewalk, which he's not supposed to do because I was pushing Blaze in the stroller and Jack was walking. So I was he was already in trouble. Yeah. And then I come in and he's laying on the kitchen floor, <laughs> sobbing and screaming. He was hysterical. He was so upset. And I felt so I've been hyping terrible. the pizza for the I past know. 10 minutes. And when you walked in, I was like, we said pizza. <laughs> Why did I make pasta? I do not, I uh, do not know what was happening. So, guys, that just is a good insight into my brain right now. <laughs> things don't work totally well. So one of the things that I really love about the church is the, like, the physicality of the church and the, the tangibility of the church. Mm-hmm. Um, what, is that tangible? No, I don't know why. The word spongibility just <laughs> <laughs> stuck in my head. I don't oh, know why. Man. Do you not ever just get words in your head sometimes? I do. I do. Okay. It's bizarre. Um, but the, also the, like, the corporal. Yeah, the, yeah. The carnal. Carnal is the word I want, right? Carnal can have other connotations. I'd say corporeal would be best. Bodiliness. Bodiliness. Yeah. That also has, like, sweatiness. (laughs) That's what it comes to my mind. If you happen to be sweaty. (laughs) But um, I just, and I spoke about this in my testimony that, like, I just love that it, it speaks so well to what to do with our bodies. And, like, I just was wrestling with this. Um, when I was considering, or when I was, I don't know, unsure about what denomination or whatever I was going to be, what, what church I was going to go to, um, as an adult, I was really wrestling with like, I, I just don't understand this whole, like this whole thought process that like the things that we do don't matter. I remember one of my, um, like a big, dis- not big discussion, but like one time we were hanging out at, at the park in college and one of my friends came at, came up and was, I don't know why, but said something about like someone who committed suicide. Suicide. I said that right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and they said, like, I think it was like a hypothetical situation. Mm-hmm. And like, what would that mean for that person's salvation? And then like the conversation ended with him saying like, well, does anything that we do matter in, like, eternity? And I walked away from that being like, but yes. Like, that's not... I was, like, really confused by that. Everybody else seemed satisfied with that answer, but I was very confused by it. Were they saying, like, if this person had true faith and it doesn't really matter what they did? What they did, yes. Yes. The answer is it does matter. (laughs) It does matter. Because, well, one, you can't have true faith and then take your own life. Right. Ish. Although I okay. will, I will say, you know, if someone is suffering from mental illness, mental that would, illness. you know, it reduce their ability to um, make a sound decision. Which wasn't just part right, of the right. conversation that we were right. having, but I'm glad that you made that distinction. Um, 
but I walked away from that being like really confused and be like, well, if that matters, then what else matters? And, um, what, <laughs> someone, what is life? Someone said, get out of the park, nerds. <laughs> 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 Try and play basketball. <laughs> it was like just really not like it wasn't, we weren't like having a meeting or anything. I know, I know. I know. But, um, I don't know. It was a really refreshing thing for me whenever I found the church's teaching on this, just the fact that matter matters. And it also was relating so much into the artwork that I was doing and that like what we create with our hands really matters and what we surround ourselves, what objects we surround ourselves really matters. Um, and so it was kind of all like coming to fruition together, but that then I don't know what else to say about how much it matters. I just want to keep saying how everything matters. That, that we're, I think the church articulates particularly well the fact that we are, like, our person consists of a body and a soul. Yes. I think there's a strong tendency um, in a lot of other denominations to to askew the physical for the spiritual. Yes. And it all comes from the scripture that about, like, flesh. Right. This understanding of flesh. But the the, like, scriptural understanding of flesh is the is the non-eternal, the finite right. things of the world. Yeah. Which doesn't mean our bodily flesh. Right. Um, but one thing that hit me, like, I think it was like last week, was the fact that Jesus did something to change all of history. Mm-hmm. He did something by going up on the cross, beco- well, one, becoming incarnate, mm-hmm. becoming a body, um, to, uh, sorry, our monitor just went off. <laughs> Holly didn't know what to do with it. Like it was a live <laughs> grenade or something. <laughs> Play sometimes mumbles in his sleep. It's or so he'll start funny. singing, like he'll go to sleep hour and a half later, wake up and start singing and go back to sleep. Or counting or singing old McDonald's. <laughs> yeah. Um, what was I saying? Oh, it was good. That Jesus oh. physically did yeah. something. First he became a body by becoming incarnate. And then he did something with that body that absolutely changed everything. And it was in his doing that that happened. Like, it's not... It would it would be uh, nothing if it weren't for his action. Yeah, he physically brought about our redemption. Yes. And so in the... What? I think it's also interesting if you look at creation the world was spoken into existence Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it wasn't um but then man is sort of made in a physical way you know the from the god breathing breath into his lungs i like that and um just that then we i loved this i this like participation theology in within the church within scripture um that St. Paul talks about all the time. It's just being in him, participating in him, in mm-hmm. his body, in his church. Um, and I loved, I, and I still do. That's like one of my favorite, it's one of my favorite things of all time. It's just the like <laughs> bodiliness of the church because it's it's also the Eucharist. It's also mm-hmm. our marriage. It's all, it's what you were saying. It's inter, everything's interconnected. Right. It's everything. And, but I love, like, it doesn't, Again, what what I was saying before that when I was looking into other faiths and theology um, threads, that's the only thing that I could think Theological of. Theological spiderwebs. <laughs> was that um, 
they left out this big part of our our being mm-hmm. is our body and so i always feel like i was fighting it that it was always bad it was like this very purit puritanic understanding of our body that's very mm-hmm. very bad and then when i saw the theology of the body from saint paul john paul ii and how beautiful our body is and how it's destined for unity with christ and we can see that through our vocations and in our uh, marriages and in um religious life mm-hmm. is there uh nope that's it <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that's the only things you do right um but that how beautiful that is and mm-hmm. how um how like redeemed it is and how that that redemption was is completely like disregarded in other um conversations about faith right um i think it's interesting that all of our sacraments for to be valid require form and matter Mm-hmm. There has to be matter for every sacrament. Mm-hmm. It has to be a physical thing. Like when you're baptized, the water needs to physically touch your skin. Um, and it's just that, it, like, even on the cross, like, blood and water pour out of Christ's side. Like, there's the, it's always together. Like, body and soul are together. And so our even our sacraments reflect it. And that's another great thing about the church is you don't have to, there are ways other than sort of intellectually like someone telling you the information for you to understand something. Mm -hmm. So like every sacrament, there has to be um, like matter there. Even with confession has to be two people there Mm -hmm. Um, with marriage. There has to be two people, obviously, (laughs) (laughs) but with the Eucharist, like what is like what the host and the wine are made of like that stuff matters because just like what you said, we Christ brought about our redemption physically he came here he had to physically be here on earth so for our sacraments we need something physically there Mm -hmm. there's no like sort of i don't know just like hand gesture you know Mm -hmm. sacrament it's always something has to be physically there well in in creation like god spoke himself into like he just spoke and it was he breathed and it was so it's just it's a part of him that our our earth is and so like if we look at everything like i just want to say literally everything (laughs) is god right but like if you look at a painting you think did i say this in my last in our last one if you look at a painting you say why did they why did the artist put the hand like that why Mm -hmm. did the artist have the light shine on that part of the body or why did every single um thing is intended Right. And so it has a meaning behind it. And so you can really study it. So we have an entire world mm-hmm. of that. And then the greatest good from that, from that world are people. And, and that he says are very good. And then we're this body-soul composite. That's just like this in, intricate mystery that right. we get to unfold. But I just think uh, not talking about that is... Or I feel like... I, do, I just don't think that people that other denominations realize how like they talk about it they acknowledge it they know that like they see god in the sunset they know Mm -hmm. they see god in the mountains and like all of that but that doesn't that's not fully realized in the theology of their um in their theology Mm -hmm. so i don't know where i'm going with that (laughs) (laughs) but just how cool it is like everything everything matters right and i think what like you mentioned theology of the body and what you know 
St. John Paul II's theology, kind of his uh, endeavor in that was like, let's look at physical people and how can we understand God better through that. That's why and, I started all that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's basically also how science started. Yeah. Like, I think um, Bishop Barron talks about, like, science started because there's something intelligible there. Like, mm-hmm. we saw we could learn something from nature. And that's kind of what, you know, science was kind of, um, I think Thomas Aquinas calls, like, theology sort of, like, the highest science. Um, but, like, we, that's, like, why we started studying things. Like, mm-hmm. oh, let me study more about the earth so I can learn more about God who created the earth kind of thing. Right. Like, let's study people because uh, you could see the sort of the thumbprint of the creator on the creation. Right. So that's a way for you to understand that. And it's, it really is true. Like if you look at people and like God can be sort of, God is reflected in all that he's created. And that is a physical creation. Like we don't exist in some sort of thought process. Like we are physically here. And like you said, it was good for us to be created. So it doesn't, it doesn't make a lot of sense for God to, sort of create us and be like, oh, but that physical part, like, just Isn't get rid good. of that. Yeah. 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 Fight against that. Right. In a lot of, right. A yeah. Lot and like, oh, I became incarnate as a person, but don't, don't, don't do that. <laughs> but I, I love how like Jesus spat in his eye, like yeah. spat in his hands and then yeah. touched his eyes. Like there's so much about Jesus who's, he's just so incarnate. Yeah. He's so sensory. Well, it's like. I think something like a red letter Bible where Jesus's words are in red, yeah. I feel like misses the point. Like Jesus, Jesus's whole, like the gospel is his, is the incarnation. He's, he is revelation all the time, not just when he's speaking. So when he like goes up a mountain, that is revelation, you know, mm-hmm. and he is speaking, that's revelation. It's not just when he's speaking, mm-hmm. like because he is God and fully he, God, everything he does is like a testimony, you know, and revelation. He is the word incarnate. Right, right. That's what it means. <laughs> so I think, um, yeah, I think definitely the church through keeping, sort of reminding us that we are physical beings and, you know, making, our church is very physical. And I think that helps keep us grounded in, in what reality is. It's also like, sometimes I remember, uh, in college, you were talking about, like, I was saying how hard, like, it's so hard to be Catholic. Like, it's so, it just seems like there's too much to deal with. There's so much, um, it's like, it doesn't seem like it's very entry level. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, it is a very mature faith. And I, we both didn't have a very good understanding, especially of this, this exact thing that we're talking about here. But um, what I love about the physicality of the church is that it makes it very accessible to anybody because mm-hmm. we like you don't even have to read to understand our like body and how right. it can reflect God. And that's why um the Catholic Church actually like what I another thing that I love about it which wasn't one of my points was just that it it reaches all people. Mm-hmm. And this is a confession, but like when I first came into the church, I was bothered by how many like undesirables were in the parish. Mm-hmm. Um but the I was it was unsettling to me that everyone didn't look good. Every was everybody wasn't, uh, you know, their families were kind of a mess. Their, um, they weren't of like a higher uh, class. I don't mm-hmm. know. 
They didn't have a lot of money. Right. <laughs> oh, 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 okay, I get it. <laughs> um, there were a lot of really poor people there, and it, but it was in a, this like beautiful church in a very like, you know, mm-hmm. I expected it to be people who all looked like me, mm-hmm. but here were all these people that didn't look like me. And by the way, I don't have a lot of money, but <laughs> huh, speaking as a wealthy landowner. <laughs> But I like, you know, was really very in college. I was like super into my looks and whatever. But um, but that people didn't look like me was like a really big thing. But what I loved about it was that um, and what I also love about the church is that some, that was unsettling to me. And I said, why is that unsettling to me? I should change myself because of that. So like, um one thing that I love about the church that I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, is that what you're talking about? <laughs> Dinks. Butchering. It's okay. Them. You're fine. You're you're this close to, to wrapping it all up. <laughs> no, like if, if you're unsettled by something, if you say like, I don't really agree with the theology on this, mm. I don't get the doctrine on that. You don't say that it's wrong. You say, how can I come to grips with it? Like, Lord, teach me, teach me peace about this or right. Lord, teach me what you mean by this and also like whenever if someone were to have an issue with like a teaching i would always you know if someone were to say that i would recommend like actually learn what the teaching is like yes yeah like there are poor people in this church like why does the church why is there like a preferential option for the poor why do we feel you know like the why are the poor important like Mm -hmm. dive into that and i think a lot of people like i i really wish i had enough money to like put up billboards with just like the church's teaching on sexuality just like oh, just like this is this is what it is it is like it, it is it is a truth that you know the church teaches that sex should be you know properly ordered it should be like unitive communicative procreative like sex with your spouse open to life is sort of the only the is the the highest way and the mm-hmm. the way to do it Everything, because it leads you closer to Right, but but that is the teaching, and everything else outside of that falls short. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily you can't do this, you can't do this, you can't do this. It's saying this is how it is. This is the correct understanding of it. Mm-hmm. It's the only understanding of it. So because of that, everything else. But like it's a positive teaching rather than like a negative one. It's like um, Christopher West always talks in his Theology of the Body to- uh, talks. He always talks about how we have these rockets that are placed inside of us, and they're they're geared to go up. Mm-hmm. They're geared to go into into space, but sometimes we all like inevitably will face that rocket down, to to be like for selfish reasons or for mm-hmm. like whatever reasons, and then we just shoot our rockets at the ground, and it's nothing's working, and we're like mm-hmm. frustrated by it. But that everything's uh, pointed up, and right, it's a very positive because it's very right. like upward. Right. I, I've yeah. always liked that image that right. he uses. Yeah, but my, my point is that people, the average person would probably, instead of saying, like, here's the church's sort of positive teaching, they would just say, oh, well, here are all these negative things. Mm-hmm. Right? These are all the things that you're saying I can't do. Right. Um, what I what I said initially was trying to, to illustrate is that if you dive into a teaching, you there's so much depth there. That, you know, if you really struggle with it, dive deeper into it rather than just saying, I'm not going to explore that because, and this is something I've found repeatedly, like, it makes sense. Like, oh, okay. Especially when you look at other teachings, like, oh, if this is true, then that's why this is true. And Mm -hmm. they, it, it, there's not 
like a point of contradiction where it's like, oh, this is true. We made this rule, but it accidentally contradicts this rule because we didn't plan out. Like it is the truth, so it's going to be the truth no matter where you look. Yeah, definitely. Um, yes. Did you have any other uh, rocket no, metaphors? I'm pretty, pretty good on tangents here. <laughs> <Okay>. so. <laughs> um, and this ties into it a little bit, but one of the things that I feel like the church really, I don't hear anyone else saying it. And a lot of these things, a lot of these things that we're saying, other churches do, you know, get, get at it a little bit. Um, and I think what we found is the church is, is sort of a hundred percent on them. Whereas some other churches are maybe a little more like surface level. So actually, here's a here's a good example. So I think I've mentioned it before, but Relevant Magazine yeah. is a very good magazine. And they like seek to talk about modern culture and, and you know, and Christianity and like kind of get, you know, how they interact. Um, but seriously, I, like in a given week, there's probably 10 to 15 articles on like marriage or sex or singleness. And it just keeps like coming up and coming up, and they're not necessarily all from the same perspective. Um, and I think that's also part of sort of their style is they have different people saying different things. But it's like I just want to like send them all like on a theology of the body course. I know, um, I know, because it's like they they understand there's something there, and they're trying to figure it out, and they're using their like the resources they have and the understanding that they have, but it's just not it's just not clicking, and mm-hmm. like. In the Catholic Church, I don't think people agonize over being single because it's like, no, we like we understand singleness is a thing. We have many people in the church who are mm-hmm. single who aren't married who are either in a religious life or, you know, they're they're a priest or a bishop or they're a consecrated virgin. Like there are various ways to not be married and be in the church. Um, and so you, I think you could see in a church we they don't have that understanding of vocation um, and sort of different states in life. They really struggle with people because you know as catholics we would say not everyone is called to marriage so if you are in a church where there's no like kind of single state of life then when you're not getting married you're you're saying why what what's going on here why why is this kind of wrong um i think also without the church's teaching on on sexuality and on marriage without the fullness of that you can like run into cases where it doesn't make sense, mm-hmm. you know, like, oh, well, if contraception is okay in marriage, then like, you know, if you like go down that logical rabbit hole, you can get to somewhere where it's, where you're in contradiction with, with yeah. like, um, you know, like a biblical truth or just kind of a, a yeah. you know, natural truth. And we've seen that happen. Yeah. I mean, we're living it. Yeah. So I think that's also something the church is really able to articulate these truths particularly well for a number of reasons and i think that is a great benefit for catholics mm-hmm. um that sort of the teaching authority of the church is the way that it is um and that makes it I, for me it makes it easier to oh for sure you know like and i, I remember i think we mentioned it before one parish we were going to the deacon was giving the homily and he um there's a very philly metaphor but he said <laughs> you know we're we're Eagles fans, so we don't say go Cowboys. He's like, you just know that. And he's like, and that's kind of how the church is. Like, we we love the church and we love Jesus. So we, you know, because we love Jesus, we don't do these other things. Yeah. And it's it really is as simple as that. I remember um, feeling this, like, huge weight off my shoulders, being like, oh, I don't have to figure all this out. <laughs> oh, thank goodness. Like, you guys have already done this. Yeah. 
you, and you guys have you have it made like you mm. got it down I think part of it is a lot of um, especially non-denominational churches try to leave, leave certain things undefined mm-hmm. to kind of you know uh, sustain the ability to to not be sort of tied down with a particular branch of theology in in an attempt to be sort of open and inviting so it's not necessarily um, like the intentions are good but because of like there are points that you're going to disagree on that have serious implications. Yeah. Um, well, they also, I think a lot of people in those churches say like, well, this is kind of like a gray area. So it's up to your own discernment. Right. But, yeah, but exactly. th- that's where you land in like, well, these are, these are vastly different viewpoints yeah. on very crucial issues. Right. Yeah. Um, anyway, so last thing I wanted to mention about how great the church is, <laughs> um, is that I don't I don't know if this is an actual term or I made it up, but the the church has a theology of suffering. The church speaks about suffering a lot, and like throughout the church's history, suffering has been at the forefront, and it's not been something that's shied away from. Um, and I think particularly in in churches where they where like the prosperity gospel is like front and center, it's that's sort of the opposite. Mm-hmm. That like if you're if there's something going wrong in your life, it problems with you kind of a deal and that that's something to be avoided and i think you see it in other um and certainly you could see you know i'm sure there are catholics and even prominent catholics who err by kind of promoting um comfort in life yeah so i'm not saying we're immune from it but sort of the the church's teaching on it has been that suffering um isn't something isn't something bad necessarily. The The way I heard it best, I think it was a homily a while ago at our parish, um, and the priest said that, that that Christ didn't abolish suffering. What he did was elevate it into mm-hmm. something good. So yes. through um, through suffering, we unite ourselves with Christ. I think when, um, when St. Paul says, I forget which letter, um, says to to add what is lacking in Christ's sacrifice. Um, uh, you know, that's, I've heard that as an explanation, what that's lacking is our own suffering. Like that's what's lacking from Christ's, Christ's sacrifice is our joining our sacrifices to him. Mm. Um, and I think it's just, I think th- the world would be greatly healed if it understood suffering better. Because so much today, so much sin today comes as a result of not wanting to suffer. Yes. Like so much like vanity and self-preservation, um, you know, fear comes from not wanting to suffer. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it, I think it's a root of a lot of issues. And if, if the whole world would understand suffering and understand through suffering, become closer with Christ, then it just totally changes. It just changes your perspective on it life. It changes everything. It like you, it's helped me to be a lot less fearful Mm-hmm. And like suffering isn't just physical suffering. Like you could be, you know, being in poverty is suffering. Like being poor isn't suffering. So if you're afraid of being in poverty, not having money, and like having that, um, you know, lack of comfort, then like that's a fear of suffering. You know, mm-hmm. like you don't want to do that. You don't want to seem foolish. Like social suffering. Like there's mm-hmm. so much that <laughs> if we if we had just if we learn to embrace suffering um, and kind of unite our suffering with Christ, it totally changes your life. And one thing that's been very um, influential with me in the past few years is reading um, the writings of St. Jose Maria, where he talks about like those little sufferings. Like we tend to think of like, oh, if you go through like this horrible thing, like, yes, you can lift that up to Jesus. But he says, um, 
no, those little ones you can lift them up to. Just like your little good deeds mm-hmm. are good, like those little sufferings, you can also, you know, those also unite you to Christ. And um, I feel like the embracing of suffering also opens you up so much more to understanding God's will mm-hmm. in your life. Like you're giving, you're giving yourself so much more holy, completely meaning, um, to what he has in store for you that, that when you are like, if you are going through something really, really hard, um, then you're able to like, say like, well, I'll give it all to you. And like, to be able to, to actually do that is really, really hard. And that's why like the call is so great. And, but the reward is so great Mm -hmm. when we get to see Jesus in that suffering and that we can like have this special, I feel like it's just like a special bond that we get that we like, Oh, I understand you more because of this. Yeah. And I think when, um, last year when we lost Ren, like, like I mentioned before, that was like a, that was a very terrible experience and we suffered a lot, but we also experienced so much grace from that. Mm-hmm. And it's not, it's, and I'll just wanted to point out, we're not saying that God will suffering in any way, mm-hmm. but it, and sort of when you see it as like suffering as like through suffering we're united with Jesus that whole like question of like does God will suffering I feel like it goes away yeah. like people always talk about like oh why would a why would a loving God allow bad things to happen for me I'm always like oh it's kind of stupid but like through that like we live in a broken world we're yeah. going to suffer but God has redeemed that suffering and made it a means of intimacy with him yes which is huge. It's just like, it really, I don't know. Sometimes like there are things that like, things that happen. I'm like, you know what? If we're all just Catholic, this wouldn't be an issue. (laughs) Like I'm reading this book now and it's, it has this like loose religious kind of overtone. It's like a science fiction book. And they're always like, like theology comes in a lot in science fiction, but it's usually at like a very, very basic level. And there's this one character in the book who struggles with, um, his daughter, I'm not going to summarize too much. His daughter has an illness and like, he's a scholar and he's Jewish. And he, so he struggles with the story of Abraham and Isaac and like, can't reconcile God wanting, demanding a father sacrifice his child. Mm. And it's like, well, that's not that. If you, if you read that story without the, um, without the new Testament, without the, um, incarnation, like, yeah, it makes no sense. But once you have that part, it's like, Oh, it makes perfect sense. Like <laughs> it's like a prefiguring of it. Yeah. Um, anyway, so it's, it's like that with suffering. Once you realize that suffering, um, has value Mm -hmm. and that, you know, just because someone is, is suffering greatly doesn't mean that God's abandoned them. That's for God's forgotten about them. Like it just, it just flips your whole world around Mm -hmm. or it has for me anyway. It has for me too. I loved everything that you just said. (laughs) Thanks. All right. You're laying on a little thick. (laughs) (laughs) There are just so many good nuggets in there, but the. I, I really love the theology of suffering as well. And especially, I also saw it a lot in our, um, when we lost Ren last year. Because once you allow God into that suffering, instead of just asking God, get me out of this, get me out of this, get me out of this, and you open yourself up to like, what is your will here? And how can I unite myself to you? And how can I, how can I love you in this? And I've said before, like, in your wounds, heal me was a big, um, phrase that came to mind over and over and over during that, that I really, really saw a lot of fruit in. 
But another thing that we saw, I've been thinking a lot lately about how um, you and I, in a unique way at that time, grew a lot together. It was the first time we ever have, have lost something that we both, like, we both had the same attachment mm-hmm. for. Um, and so that vulnerability and that suffering together was really raw and like the most I think it was the most vulnerable we've ever been Mm. but then um thinking I was just thinking about this today and I did not think that was going to come up in the podcast but thinking too about the the vulnerability and the and the rawness of that like elation after we have a baby together that like um like I was thinking about when Jack was first born and that my face was like so surprised because I didn't realize that he was going to be out so soon. And that like, we just, I remember that moment of like looking at you and you were, you were confused because I was looked scared (laughs) (laughs) instead of surprised, (laughs) but that you were still so overjoyed and that we got to share in this like pure joy together. And that that's like a, the purity of both of those emotions are so raw and so yeah. that we get to share that together is also a, a gateway into the life with Christ. Right. And I think it's also something, I think I should say this once an episode, <laughs> but that like joy and suffering are linked because mm-hmm. they both require a loved object. Mm-hmm. So like it's that same love for our children. Like we love our children so much that we rejoice so much when we, have them here and we're so sorrowful when we can't be with them and learning that when I feel sorrow it's because I love is it just like it changes your whole world and that's something that I'm going to start saying more often to people because I always like with like coworkers and other people I talk to try to think of a way to I don't know kind of just speak truth to them without being sort of overbearing mm-hmm. and especially being up here like most people were raised Catholic or went to Catholic school. So like, you know, I feel like if you start talking about the church or like Christianity, they kind of just like close their minds a little bit. So I've been trying to figure out a way to kind of, you know, speak truth that they can accept and then kind of, you know, um, meditate on. And I think explaining the link between joy and sorrow that it requires something loved is like a gateway into, (laughs) into Christianity because I, you know, I don't see where that's coming from anywhere else. Mm -hmm. Like when people are, you never see when there's like a great tragedy and people are sad, like, Oh, but like, can't you see how much you loved through this? I don't know. It's just, that's something that really has been a life changer for me. Mm -hmm. Um, and that gets tied into the church doing this, meditating on the sorrows of Mary, like, Mm -hmm. um, like, having the sorrowful mysteries like understanding that sorrow sorrow and suffering like they all they're a result of love mm-hmm. and it can't get anywhere else <laughs> <laughs> i love it yeah yeah that's all i got that's uh, whew, that's a lot that was a long one we had to, well we haven't recorded in a while we probably won't record for a while after this yeah. so yeah soak it up oh, sorry i hit the post the desk <laughs> the goal legs. post yeah no like, oh man i practice field goals in the background when i'm not talking <laughs> um, he knocked the leg of our desk i said that you did? i said okay. i hit the post everyone knows what that means <laughs> but then i made fun of you 
so I confused the situation. <laughs> uh, anyway, thank you for joining us. Mm-hmm. Um, please, even if you listen to this a week from now, please pray for us, for the new baby, for Holly, for the delivery and the recovery, and for our, um, you know, our family and the kids, and um, just pray, just pray for all of us. <laughs> I've got a lot. Um, but please, uh, please do keep us in your prayers. Um, if you want to give us any questions or feedback or anything please feel free to email us at halfway saints podcast at gmail.com uh follow us on twitter at halfway underscore saints like us on facebook um and please 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 keep us in your prayers and know that you are all in our prayers as well Bye.